Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. 
I think it's a no-brainer, Conan, that they might just move it on to penalties. It's fantastic yeah. excitement. I think it looked class. There were three thousand people at the game, and then yeah. the of them, like most of them, probably yeah, ended up behind the nets. Yeah. And yeah. the pictures are class. I think Evan Regan's hitting that last penalty, and just everyone's there, and you can see the keeper going the wrong way. And the thing with the free-taking competition, it was a bit of a disaster when it was forty-five. They brought it into the D, but. It's too easy, like you know. It's not not that it's too easy, but there's no keeper there that can put. There's you no off. excitement. It's yeah. not. A, it's not. You're not against anyone. You're against yeah. yourself, and there's no excitement in that, really. Exactly. With a penalty, you should score, but you don't always score, and there's a bit of nerves. You're only 11 yards out. There's a keeper there, like you know. So a couple of things can happen, and one penalty will decide it. Like whereas we were seeing with the free taking competitions, it was ending up like two one. You know, and stuff like that, yeah. where it wasn't really that exciting. Yeah, and even the hurling one—you're so far away from the goals. Mm. It just—it didn't—it yeah. didn't kind of engage the crowd. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and maybe the extra five minutes of extra time, which has gone away with, just had them so dead that maybe the crowd is like, "Oh God!" Yeah, that's <laughs> it was just yeah. too long. It was yeah. just too much. But that's gone. Um, interestingly, Jason Doherty said on James Horan just to finish up in Mayo, and I thought this was interesting. He says when he came in in 2011, he really raised the standard of Mayo senior football in general across the board in terms of expectation and skill level um, and this is what I'm wondering about James Horan with Mayo and I'm not reading absolutely anything into that even though Mayo had a strong team out but can James Horan have the same impact with Mayo when he's not following uh, John O'Matany wasn't it back in yeah, 2000 yeah. who would have been one of the old school managers so you bring in this real professional modern approach and the players really get a kick out of this and respond to this now Mayo have had that under Rochford, Tony McEntee. They've had a really professional setup. Can Horan have that same massive impact the second time around? He he can't have. It's impossible to have the same level of impact because, like, he completely as Jason, nobody would argue what Jason Doherty said there about James Horan completely transforming the culture of Mayo football, yeah. which, which badly needed to be changed. Um, so he's not going to have the same level of impact. But at the same time, um, like I think James Hor- or Jason Doherty t- speaks about fine-tuning fine kind of what they've done to date. Like, it's not as if... Like, there was a few kind of eyebrows raised when Mayo went back to James Horan. Oh, well, he managed you before. But it's not as if we've got 2014 James Horan managing the 2019 team. No, well, that's true. So too. No, uh, like, in the meantime, he's uh, he's done a Master's in Coaching. Um, like, I'm not 100% in it, but as far as I've, I've heard that he's visited some professional setups in other sports just to look to get, get give something different. And it's and it's clear from, I think, anyone watching him on Sky as well that he he's really in tune with kind of the modern game and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that, like, he's not going to make the impact that he made before because it's impossible because he made such an impact. Yeah. But I think he can definitely bring it on a little bit further. Bring it on another little bit. And he's been completely in the game he's been in hurling he's been with Westport so like I mean he's not just gone away for five years and come back it's just like I remember the impact he had and how he changed all the perceptions and even Mm. on the sports psychology thing and the coaching and had them practicing with the left and improved all a lot of their basic skills Mm. But he's done all that now. <laughs> what, like, I mean, you'd love to know what he's yeah. going to start on now, but obviously that's for James Horan to, to think about. We can't put it off any longer, lads. There's new rules update, and it's the three hand pass that's causing all sorts of shit. We can't hit fight. Only, uh, only Billy Lee can say a good word about it, Limerick manager. And I have to say, Billy Lee's a breath of fresh air <laughs> to actually sacrifice the modern game and how teams play now for the look at the bigger picture and not your own little patch which I think they're all doing I want to start with Declan Bonner who has done nothing but piss me off on my first day back to work when I read this I couldn't believe it he says it's actually curtailing goal opportunities now a lot of them are saying this and that's fair enough uh, about eight or nine different times in a match it curtailed good movement good flowing moves it's, is that improving the game of football question mark I think it's a waste of time and I've said it all along so Declan absolutely completely unwilling to give this any any chance now we know Donegal above any team even in the 90s played the ball through the hand mm-hmm. more than anybody else but the stat that the GPA I was reading or the, the stat that David Klassen uh, released before Christmas that in 2011 almost 9 out of 10 hand pass sequences ended after 3 hand passes in 2011 so this isn't something uh, bastardising the game this is just going back to 2011 where it wasn't defensive systems orientated and hand pass orientated you would swear we're going back 1970s the way these things so teams in 2011 with with just about 9 out of 10 hand pass sequences finishing uh, at 3 how were goals scored back then lads (laughs) It's not impossible. You just have to change your mindset. But this is this is the part of Declan Bonner's uh, comments that really bothered me. 
We have actually done nothing about the fourth hand pass in training. We haven't even mentioned it, to be quite honest. From day one, I couldn't see it being brought in because it doesn't make sense. And I presume none of the coaches around the place are doing very little work on it because they can't see it being used. That's just very yeah, disappointing. Really annoyed me as well. Isn't that shocking yeah. that an intercounty manager thinks he's above the game? Now this was decided. This is you're not the guardian of Gaelic football, Declan Bonner. You're a manager playing within the rules of Gaelic football. It's not your opinion. These are new rules that are being tried and it's on you to go along with it and see do they work for the interest of the game. And to say that he didn't even bother his arse and he's refusing to. Mm-hmm. Well, the laugh will be on the other side of his face in um, during the league if he hasn't practiced it, because there will be in in the league. I can guarantee that. You can guarantee they'll be in. I the can league. guarantee that they'll okay. be in during the league. The mandate was for the. the it, they'll be in for the trial for this and for the league. The only thing that's doubting that is the GPA survey and John Horn's going to meet them, and everything will be okay. Well, I thought they would be in for the league, and I thought it would be ridiculous if they're not in. They for the have league. to be because in for the league. It's very when when Declan Bonner's doing this. Yeah. But if, if you're going to make so, such a big deal about changing the rules and the amount of work that went into proposing these rules, like they're they're not they're not perfect. They're not, of course, they're not perfect. But if you're going to make such a big effort and then abandon them after a number of pre-season competition games, that I would say a large proportion of the GAA audience haven't gone aren't going to even see. No, or won't I mean? be televised, or of nobody course. will really ever make a judgment. How can anyone go to all these shitty games yeah. and they're second-string teams exactly. and nobody cares and they're doing weights the morning of the match potentially yeah. or during the week? You can't make a judgment off this. Even if they are terrible, the judgment has to be made after a significant period of time in a de- in in a decent series of games, like the like the National League. And I know, I know, I think Conan, you've mentioned it before about your that's um, you're you're bringing into you're bringing into question the sanctity of the National League by by just you know making an experimental competition. But as Billy Lee said earlier on, nobody is looking at the bigger picture about the overall health of the game. And if, if it takes one National League campaign to try these and to see if they might be worth it, it, it you can't just abandon them like at the end of January and I'm just on that. say they're not for the league at I'm all. on that. Oh, I know I'm, you're not. No, I, I don't I, want like, to go back over no, kind I'm of not, stuff we've I'm talked on about. I'm too. Like, I, like, if you're going to do I don't like the rules. I think it's stupid. Like, but if you're going to do it, do it during the league. So you think the game in 2011 was stupid? It's not 2011 anymore. Like Donegal won in 2011, Ulster, and they won the All-Ireland in 2012 because of the way the game was. And I know you're saying let's try and get it back there, but teams all over the country have evolved since then so no matter what you're doing with the rules like teams now know how, like they should be defending a bit more they should block up Conor McManus instead of leaving him one on one like that doesn't really change and that's unfortunately the problem with the rule like it's it's not the same game teams are more evolved yeah know? they're more evolved but maybe we can get them back away from the way they are here's a couple more comments because it's universal uh, disapproval of these rules so Cork's Ronan McCarthy said limiting teams to three hand passes in succession will encourage more use of the blanket defence as it's very hard to work through a defence if you have to watch the number of hand passes you're making you hear this argument a lot which I find very very confusing considering Rory Gallagher says I think we're all asked to keep an open mind we've been training under these circumstances for five or six weeks at least he's doing it we've played a couple of games I've been at a couple of games I think the general perception is that it's farcical it leads to a lot of ludicrous short kick passing it leads to a lot of it shouldn't have to lead to short kick passing if you leave men ahead of the ball Rory it leads to a lot of unforced errors and it's a disappointing set of circumstances to try and coach and play so we know that uh, obviously Carlo are very against it the players and the management so what confuses me is the managers who say it suits defensive teams yet the defensive teams are not overjoyed by this fact that it suits them they're, they're complaining about it as well is there not a massive contradiction there like who like, if this completely plays into a defensive team's uh, system why are they not singing from the rooftops about it because they know it's not like so who what's happening here lads maybe they care about the game do you think people who are defensive don't like the game do you know like, I know, that's a different point now that's a different point well my, stick to this how can defensive teams hate it and attacking teams say it suits defensive teams because it's just a bit unnatural like it might suit say Carlo if they can defend it might be easier to defend but just for the game like they don't think maybe like I, like, I think teams should be allowed to defend like you know they should be allowed to set up whatever way they want but I do think that this is I've been to two games and it's just a bit unnatural like I, I get the principle of it and I know what you're talking about the three 
hand passes but you were talking about Connor that guy who made the run for Mayo 60 mm. hours down the line and then finally hand passes but it's a fourth hand pass and it's like ugh, why is he, he being ran for so long for he didn't realise well, no, well if this bans if this gets rid of attacking cornerbacks I'm all for it <laughs> they <laughs> are a blight on the game he's a corner forward who dropped deep <laughs> well <laughs> same thing that. he should be ahead of the ball then yeah. this issue won't bloody yeah. happen and so then stop dropping yeah. back the message we've learned here is stop <laughs> dropping back so far and we've seen all the tweets of people talking about the, the four fan pass being a goal chance and stuff like that and that's a bit of a red herring now it can happen and that's very disappointing but the point I make on that is that you're just going to have to have different tactics for getting your man on the last yeah. ball. Like, I mean, getting a, a goal through a worked hand pass move from 45 is not there. So stop trying it because mm. you're only going to get frustrated on the forward hand pass. <laughs> you need to kick it in, work a man off the shoulder, him get a hand pass, him give a hand pass, and he can give another one. Off a kick pass into the full forward line, then mm. you get three. Is that not enough? You just yeah, can't yeah. work. Now you can't work a hand pass goal from around the midfield area. That's the only problem. And yes, there are examples of Corafin, of Mead back in 91. They're the only two people are putting out there. Crooks at the, a couple of weeks ago? In Crooks the, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Crooks a couple of weeks ago, the screamer from Kieran O'Leary, he had no business going for a goal there. That, like <laughs> Usually you'd be tapping over a point there. But you get my point. Yeah. Like It's few and far between the amount of times this happens anyway. So like it, it shouldn't really be used. But anyways, we're getting into pre-Christmas uh, talk. There's a few more quotes here. So Paddy Talley says, it's very confusing. You can see it today, the frustration in both teams. On any other day, it would have been considered a very good goal. There was obviously a goal disallowed in that one. That would have given down a good lift. It slows up the game. Paddy Talley, we know the kind of system he likes. Jerry Egan from Westmead, I think he was most reasoned about it. He's a player, obviously not a manager. See, managers are under a lot of pressure. Mm. They're under a lot of pressure. There's a lot of expectation on their shoulders. And they have to completely change what they've been coaching. It's not easy. And I do... like. I'm not criticising too much that, like I understand the absolute uh, opposition to this Yeah. like for example you know when you're in training and Mick O'Dwyer used to love this so he'd hate lads putting the head down solo and hopping he hated it he, he wants the ball moved on by the foot and I love Mikko for that or moved on in a positive manner yeah. full stop he had a great uh, you know attitude about the game and how it should be played and always going forward and every now and then because he hated a fella now the minute you want now you shouldn't be coaching children for this you should immediately take your four steps to look up and see what's on and if nothing's on take your bouncer solo that's basic stuff but he'd ban soloing and hopping in a game now the grumbles around all of yeah. us would be like oh and you'd be completely taken out of your comfort zone so mm. like when you get the ball you love to take a solo up you're not allowed so you immediately have to scan the field faster than what you're naturally kind of want to do we hate it no solo no hop games and he'd regularly play them but that's the same as this it's only taking you out of what you're used to and like I mean that's all I see it as Jerry Egan from Westmead he says the hand pass is just awkward more than anything else he said it's nearly as awkward for the referee as it is for the players I, I disagree on that he says when you're going down the middle of the pitch or you're on your third hand pass what do you do do you kick it over your head you can see the idea behind it but it needs tweaking especially in the forwards now that is the one thing I would say in the forwards mm. it's the Unfortunately, in the forwards, you can't do these intricate hand pass moves. You have to kick it in, work off the hand pass. You have three hand passes mm. off the man that wins it. Mm. For me, that's enough. You like the one in the Kilmacud Sevens where in your own half, you have to pass forward. So it has to be a pass forward in your own half. And then once you cross the halfway line, you can't go back. You know, so something like that, it makes it, you know, it means then it's a bit more natural in the forward line where you can work something or if there's a yeah. blanket defence, you don't have to mindlessly kick it to them or whatever. A lot, of, a lot of people are saying, right, that this is a symptom and the cause is the blanket defences. But how do you break up a blanket defence? I think this will break up blanket defences, but it's going to take two years. It's going to take, for example, we saw defensive systems in 2011 first. It took until 2017 to figure out a really yeah. proper way of beating them and embarrassing them like Dublin did. Now, that took a televised game by Dublin with Jason Sherlock, who's a basketball background, mm. doing this. So every manager around the country are copycats. We know that. They're not innovators. They don't, they're looking at this now going, How, what am I supposed to do with this? They don't know. Yeah. They're not tacticians. They're not yeah. good tacticians. That's the reality, and especially in the lower divisions. So what this needs is a big televised league final with Dublin using this like you know lovely moves and here's your three hand pass they need it they need a visual on it mm. but they need to understand how do we do this right and they need to see Tyrone for example 
against Dublin League final not playing their traditional defensive game but playing one man back or two man back leaving men ahead of the ball and putting together good moves using the offensive mark next minute all these copycat managers around the country are going to go oh Jesus yeah because yeah, on yeah. their own back they, 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 they just can't do it but I thought Dublin did that in 2017 like when they showed up their own in the blanket defence yeah, but it still makes for a very boring game. they have shown it up Conan but it makes for mm. mind numbing like 29 hand passes in a row they got for one great score you know, it's a bit like the Barcelona outside this Chelsea screen and they're holding on to it. And I think there's a huge skill in that in soccer. There's not a skill in that in, in Gaelic I football because it's going yeah. through the hands, you know. Yeah. So, like, here's Billy Lee. We'll leave it on a more positive note. Billy Lee for president, that's what I say. So Billy says, I think they're worth looking at. I know a lot of people um, are anti these experimental rules, but it depends on the style of football your team play. If you play a running game, you're going to be against them. Most teams play that running game now. Against Cork in the McGrath Cup semi-final, we didn't see any black cards. The kick-out has only been taken seven metres further out. I don't hear anyone complain about the kick-outs anyway. He says, and how many sideline kicks would you normally have in a game? Similar. The three-hand pass rule, I've no problem with that. We all have to be honest with ourselves. We all think the condition of football nationally is not where it should be. Maybe not Conan. It was exasperated by the quality of hurling championship last year. I don't agree that it was exasperated by the, the, the hurling championship. Hurling championship was just brilliant on its own back. I think football, even if the hurling hadn't been terrible, we've been saying the football... Oh, I think it terrible. definitely suffers by... Do you think oh, so, yeah, by yeah, comparison? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I think, I, well, that's personally for well, me. I anyway. think the fact they didn't show half the football games didn't help either. <laughs> you yeah. know, that probably just lacked a sort of... Razzmatazz yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get Tom Ryan onto the show I've put in a few requests the last while and I'm hoping he might come on next week or at least before the league starts because there's just so much to talk to him about especially about those broadcast rights they're massive mm. this year if mm. this league two goes ahead I'd love to get their thoughts on it but, uh, but that's it so we'll leave it on this is that I strongly think I think the attitude of the managers is very regrettable I think that this three hand pass rule if it just was given a chance will completely get rid of blanket defences absolutely and I've explained that enough before Christmas my theory on it I think that managers need to see it being done right I think it needs a big game it absolutely needs a league and I actually would argue that even if it isn't a full success in the league it probably needs it probably needs two years and in the including third, a championship yeah. including a championship and then in the third year you're looking at a, a, a completely different game Man, the copycat managers have copied someone and they're all maybe co- you know co- yeah. following the leader it needs that I, I, I don't know unless we see a league semi-final we, we'll be seeing the league games on, on, on television the only problem is every other manager will be playing a league game we'll need a huge yeah. league semi-final and a huge league yeah. final and this working in those games this that's is, what we have to hold this out this is like Brexit you've changed, changed the terms now though you, you <laughs> and David Hassan didn't tell me that you're going to take two years to make this work I like, know well, like, I mean, like anything Conan if you look like at the, it took six years to figure out blanket defences like I mean these are new rules so they'll have to evolve like I mean what I'm saying now we were told look at the, in the league do you know but now we're saying two years it'll, it'll look good no like, you, I think you're confusing this Conan because these are to be trialled mm, to trial them in the league yeah so, exactly but like to think that in two years time these wouldn't be fine tuned into a much better spectacle than they will by the yeah. time the league ends this is just to see is it possible that they'll work but, is but right? people have to remember why, why rules have been suggested rules have been brought in in the first place well like, that's, you know, that's a fundamental point because well, I, yeah. I don't want to see Fermanagh play Dublin without being allowed to use a blanket defence I don't want to see that I think that's going to be the stupidest thing I'll I know but the, alter- the alternative is going back to what we've had for the last few years which is like Gaelic football has been talked down as like the ugly thing on the shoe of the wait GA a minute wait a minute you don't need this is the great thing third division two teams where they would be in your top two no no but this is a great thing this is the great thing so there's a defensive team again a a good team against a weaker team the brilliant thing about this new rule is you can play two sweepers Conan we're only saying you leave four forwards up you have enough men ahead of the ball and the great thing about the two sweepers it will be enough of a carrot for the other team to actually try and kick it in so your men will be turning over way more ball sweepers now are useless Sure, Mark McHugh said that he became obsolete because they stopped kicking it to him. So, like, I mean, a sweeper will be back in vogue. He will actually, a smart sweeper, will be covering over and back and he'll be intercepted ball because they have to kick it on the third. And that's what Rory Gallagher's saying, though, because people won't kick it. That, that's what we're sort of. But if you see it. two sweepers, people are smarter now, they won't kick it. That, that's, that's the worry. Like, you know, so keep but they, they'll, kick the half forward, they'll kick it to the half forward line and they'll drag them out a different way. It, it just won't be everybody back. That's but, the point. But with the events of event, Advance mark the forward isn't going to be as bottled up as he was True. because so those two so Dublin will just destroy like no, for, you know. so that sweeper will really be worth his salt in intercepting ball 
but he'll be no good doubling up if your man catches it do you know what yeah. I mean so the yeah, sweeper it. will yeah. have less functions but he'll still be valuable if he's smart and he can intercept those passes in it'd be fantastic lads let's just trust why can't you just trust me on this and if any <laughs> managers around the country want to sit down with me in a one on one or the three of us we'll explain to you how to work through this process it's, it's scary we understand but we can help um, so Tyrone a bit exciting about Tyrone obviously Derek Hanavan is the huge um, you know bit of news coming out of there he's very young son of God he's very young him. son of God yeah so it's fantastic to see him might be a year too soon from lads he's just finished under 17 uh, years ago like he'd still be a minor this year right mm. am I right that's now he'll be tried in the McKenna Cup I'd be very surprised if we see him this year like I think it's too yeah, especially with as, his yeah. build like, give, give him a chance but Kyle Coney's back He's obviously an interesting player in that. I remember him very well. 2008, Mayo, Tyrone went to a replay. He scored five from playing the final. He was the big name in that team. Peter Hart was on it. Maddie Donnelly was on it. It was all about Kyle Coney. And he was a big fella. And we have probably know loads of examples from your own club and from around your own county of these big fellas when they're underage. And then they get up to senior and they're no longer a big fella. Yeah. And it takes a lot of adaptation to realise, yeah. shit, everything I've based my game on of pushing lads away and getting that space now I have to figure out it's a, like a, I even compare to me going back playing at 40 and I don't have pace when my game would have been all about being fast where the what the hell what am I but <laughs> like, well, you start doubting yourself and you yeah. wonder what, what, what kind of a player am I or what position on the field can possibly suit me now yeah. and this fella's having to deal with this when he's 18, 19 so he was thrown in at the deep end and he said he, I found this is a quote from him he did a big piece in the independent last year he says I found the adjustment to senior very very tough it didn't click straight away one of the first games I played for Trom was against Mayo in the league and it was really wet day it was being marked by Keith Higgins and it was taken off 10 minutes into the second half it was a rude awakening to the physicality the speed of the game and the men being stronger than me because at minor level I had that natural strength and it didn't take it, but it didn't take effect at senior level at all then you start doubting yourself a bit more things don't work as clearly for you things just f- fell into place for me at minor and I started doubting myself maybe I'm not cut out for this at that age you don't have the mental strength of someone 27 or 28 and I found the going very difficult earlier on it's a really good interview from him mm. very mature interview now he's back playing really well for his club again his last game for Trump was 2015 when Mickey Hart took him off at half time because he wasn't working now he says he's he's happy to work mm. Mickey Hart is happy to hear that he's happy to work yeah. and he's back in at number 11 um, and I'd be very interested I've always kind of been interested in him but he, Jesus he'd frustrate the life here he's here he's gone he's here he's gone so maybe we might see him he got a full league before he got scored 24 points or something yeah. but probably not working the way Mickey Hart wanted but another thing if Mickey Hart wants a good scoring forward which he needs mm. and he might want to play a little less defensive and Calcone everything might be coming together he's more mature he wants to work maybe not work back to his 21 Mickey Hart wants to maybe play a few more natural forwards up there and we might see the best of him yeah. finally. I saw him uh, against Derry there a couple of weeks ago at Celtic Park and he looks like somebody who has just been working all last year to try and get back into the Tyrone team. Like he looks like he's way ahead of people that normally would be in January. Like and yeah. and it's almost like do you know when you hear like some, someone like Mourinho talk about Lukaku tracking back and then everyone's watching for this end in the next game? That's what it was like with Coney then when, right. he, when he made a tackle, the Tyrone fans were like, Yeah like you know, so suddenly he was doing all this and he, he had Sludden and McShane at either side of him. So there's another Sludden no that's not Niall Sludden it must be younger there's another Sludden there playing corner forward this was this was Niall Sludden uh, was it in, uh, that in the game? Derry game so it was okay. him and McShane just goes, so they had that natural sort of you know defence anyway like right. coming back and he yeah, had yeah. McCurry inside so Coney would have held his position then in the half for most of it like he tracked ah, him yes. he tracked See, like, this yeah. is, this, here we go <laughs> oh, shit, what, what have I walked into here? this is fantastic and he was man in match that day as how well old is he now? How old 28 is 28 okay, yeah, yeah. still plenty of time because yeah. Aidan O'Shea was playing that same minor final you're on about yeah. Yeah. he completely dominated I remember that game it, was, it reminded me of Tyrone played Mayo in a all Ireland minor semi-final in 2001 and Sean Cavanagh was minor and he just blew everyone out of the water right. and Kyle Coney in that game was reminding me of the same thing it just never had really happened for him afterwards yeah. Aidan O'Shea was the big thing he was playing senior the next year and he's kind of just been the mainstay since like you know so and similar situation Aidan O'Shea would have been the big man kind of growing up as yeah, well but he's no, a big big man now, yeah. exceptionally big man <laughs> he's a brute of a man yeah, yeah. I actually wonder have you seen uh, Aidan O'Shea's Instagram so he's occasionally 
slanting around the world this fella is <laughs> where's his head at this is what I want to know he's in Thailand he's in New York this fella's all over the world he's very lucky James Horn he's used to holidays in December and January so you know. <laughs> if James Horn wasn't a manager I know there are Mayo managers who would take exception to where your head is at if you dare to go on a holiday in, uh, in December anyways we'll move on uh, Eddie Brennan and John Mohan welcome to the weaker counties that's how, what I uh, titled this so they're both very frustrated for the same reason so Eddie's obviously leash manager and maybe there's a bit of fallout with the Ross King thing and Ross dropped off the panel he said Eddie says there's a lot of other guys not in here either and it's something I think that definitely has to be looked at going forward say how we do ch- or say how do we change that Kieran Collier opted not to come in you, you can talk to lads all you want but to me it's very disappointing it's something I just don't get. I just can't understand why lads would not want to hurl for their county. To me, if you excel with your club, there should be a drive and a grow to do that. Absolutely. That's the way it was in my day when I was minor, when I was a Port Leash player. I was desperate to get up and play inter-county football. Are they now when they see that it's 31 hours of their, mm. of their lives? I think that has a huge impact on it. And John Mahon is the same. He says, this is John Martin's quote, it's totally different with teams in the upper division as regards the whole ethos of inter-county football. There are a lot of guys I asked to play for, and for a combination of reasons, they haven't got the desire, the commitment or the passion or time to commit to inter-county football at this level. It's not the situation when you're talking about the Mayos, Dublins, Kerrys, Tyrone's, Donegal's. Mayo, Dublin, Kerry, Tyrone, Donegal have all won provincial titles in the last three years. Mm. So, like, I mean, so others won all, well, Dublin won all Ireland, but they've all been in all, every one of them have been in all Ireland final in the last six, seven years. It's not a good comparison that's, that, that's for That's exactly uh, it. That's exactly the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, you look, we know this ERSI report that we talked about on the show a whole of the time say that they're putting in, on average, 31 hours outside of their working day. There's the reason. Yeah. It's not like you don't want to prove yourself at intercounty level. It's like, can I do all that? Mm. Can I honestly do all that, knowing that it's only for a championship match that, that will get beaten? It. In the in the landscape of the in reality. the landscape of the championship at the moment, if you're from Offaly, you're talking about Division Four football and. With all due respect, trying to avoid a big beating in the championship, maybe get division the three. Actually, division three. In, yeah. Sorry, and trying to avoid a big win in the champ, trying to avoid a big beating and to get a big, you know, get a win in the championship. As opposed to if you go back to you were on about your time earlier, but like before Dublin started sweeping the boards in Leinster, Offaly, Kildare, Mead, Westmead, Leash, they would have all won provincial titles. I think in the yeah. in the about. Ten, like less than ten years before Dublin started on their winning run, yeah. so like it's uh, it's upsetting for John Mon and Eddie Brennan. But like when you look at it that way, it's it's, yeah. it's it can be hard to. Now, when Leash, when I came up playing with Leash, we were no world beaters. We got good <coughs> after a few years, or we improved after a few years. But I still wanted to prove myself. But there was no thirty-one hours. We're yeah. training Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, and a match on Sunday, and it was really enjoyable. And then you take the next level, and you want to prove yourself. But there was never any. Now I still think I would have done the whole thing because I had a massive burning desire to do. It. But you need that absolute mm. burning desire. You're not putting in that effort. You just you just start. Here's another thing. Like with this ERSI report, why was there no? absolute why was that not scandalous why was there no backlash to that because say if for example there is a proposal next year to pay players so suddenly there there'd be war about this right wouldn't there there'd be the, the grassroots would go create this is an amateur game mm. and these lads are putting 31 hours in outside their own work into an amateur game so it's not an amateur game in any shape or form and managers are being paid so when that 31 hours came out why was the same backlash against backlash against professionalism not seen as would be for payments? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no real consistency for this. We're either against professionalism, which is massively a- affecting commitment of players in Leash and Offaly, judging by Eddie Brennan and John Mahan, or we're are we amateur or are we professional? Yeah. That's the question. You can't want professional in preparation but not in mm. remuneration. You know, it's it, it, there's it's not yeah. all joined up there, is it? It's a good point. Like, um, I think the reason there wasn't a big scandal about the report was because everyone knew that people were doing that amount of work. You know, and you're right about the the money. Like the thing when you like the, the examples he's used, Mayo, Dublin, Kerry, Tyrone, Donegal. There's a bit of like you get a profile plan with those teams as well, and you do get a bit of financial reward. Like you get a car, you, you yeah. know, you get these like advertising gigs. You get to do these interviews that you get paid for. So you don't get that with Offaly. Maybe that's why your point then should be even stronger. Like you know, why isn't there some sort of like cap you talked about before? Like yeah, centralizing where everyone gets paid for. Playing. It's, and it's usually the fellas that don't commit. 
are not these young lads coming out of minor under 21 that have that burning desire because they all have it's the fella that's been there four or five years has made it onto the team has kind of if what do you mean quashed that desire inside mm. him like okay now I know I'm good enough to play at this level but Jesus is hard yeah. and Jesus we're going nowhere <laughs> and Jesus I'm putting in a lot of time they're the fellas that don't end up commi- you know what I mean you'd yeah. be very rare you'd see a promising under 21 going Jesus I'm not I'm staying away from that <laughs> do you know what I mean that's too much for me because it's just that raw desire why do you play and that's what Eddie said he doesn't understand why lads don't, you know don't want to play I think these lads do until they realise what a, the kind of life it is mm. do you know for yeah. the weaker counties but uh yeah, no, that's that's a wake-up call for the two boys, basically. So Peter Keane, is it, it's Keane or Kane? It's Keane, isn't it? Peter Keane. Probably Keane and Kerry. It's, it's Keane and Mayo anyway, so I don't know what it Kane. is in Kerry. So I haven't actually heard his name being said, so I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But anyways, uh, this what he's saying here is completely wrong. It's on the Declan Bonner kind of school. I don't know if it's after a, listening to Eamon Fitzmaurice for five years as Kerry manager who just played a game like Jim Gavin who mm. said nothing really majorly interesting at all and that's just pretty much admitted that in admitted that it, completely admitted <laughs> it with Tony Lean in the examiner yeah. but uh, Peter Keane is pulling no punches <laughs> anyways when it comes to these uh, when it comes to the National League and when it comes to these new rules so Peter Keane says uh, is the National League of utmost importance to us no it's not <laughs> right so there you go straight away blunt if this is his personality I'm liking him already ultimately there's a bigger picture I have a great squad to work with and it's a challenge that we're all embracing and this is on the new rules he says five changes is a lot in one sweep and we didn't play the McGrath Cup to work on them he remarked he says we have more than enough to be worrying about than the intricacies of rules which will not be in play for the championship <laughs> like uh, why? I don't know why I find that more funny than Declan Bonner's because it's yeah. pretty much the same yeah. it's pretty yeah. much the same thing but he I don't know he just paints a different picture on it it's not that he doesn't want these it's not as dismissive as Declan no, Bonner no I've more on my plate than this yeah. as yeah. maybe as Kerry manager or something like that so like I mean I don't know but it's uh it's definitely good to hear Peter is so kind of uh, forthright in he's not afraid things. to kind of take like it, Like first of all he was getting in trouble wasn't he because he didn't tell the people that um, he didn't tell the players that they were in the panel for next oh, year oh yeah didn't like that uh, isn't he bringing supporters back to Fitzgerald Stadium did I hear that for training I, 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 I could be I could be completely wrong in that but I think I read something on that about maybe allowing it for on one some or occasions two. Yeah, yeah of course but I think that's a fair balance I, I don't think that's I don't think that's too bad either but he's not afraid to make his mark basically but when he's on about the National League I'd like Kerry supporters, as Paddy O'Shea documented quite famously, are yeah. you know they're they're a very demanding bunch. Effing animals. Uh, and if he was to go, if he was to say, well, the national league doesn't that ma- matter that much, and he was to lose three games, and they're about to be relegated, well, then I'm not sure he might have the same attitude then. But yeah. just, just going on, I remember Eamon Fitzmaurice's first year. I think he had to win his last game to stay up, and it was under serious pressure. And this is Eamon Fitzmaurice having played for, I've been involved in the county setup already on the management team, and having played for the county for yeah. years, and he was under pressure. So. Like it's if Peter Kane thinks it's going to be any different for him, I I, I don't think so. Yeah, Kerry did never performed that well in the league, even though they made a final and won a final. The never the early rounds of the league, they were very very rusty. He said as well, it's a unique achievement for Kerry to have achieved a five in a row in minor, but there's no guarantee of success. And prior to that, it was twenty years since their minors won. Um, so like twenty years since their minors won, they won about six All Irelands in the in the time they never won a minor, and now they've won five minors. Like five minors is for Leash or for Westmead or for uh, Derry. How they are now? The traditional counties don't need minor winners. They'll always have four or five good lads coming out of minor. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like I mean, I do. T- and the weaker counties need that injection of confidence, and we're on the way. Yeah. The big counties don't again don't need that. Something to be yeah. excited about. So maybe about, yeah. we're overplaying this five minors in a row for. Because in Kerry, a minor title is feck all, let's be honest, yeah. considering, you know, like maybe we're overplaying how big a deal these minors are coming through. Because, like I said, I don't want to repeat myself, there's always been minors coming mm, through in yeah. Kerry. Always. Even if they don't have to win for that to happen. Especially when you look at Kyle Coney's quotes. Like, it, it takes time. Like, you know, it does take a few years to get yeah. into it properly. Yeah, this Clifford won't make an impact at all. <laughs> yeah, well, he's there, like, I was going to say, reading Kyle Coney's, it does show how exceptional he is. That yeah. He's come in and been one of the best players in well, Ireland. Well, an all-star and young player of the year yeah. in his first year. Well, he's a phenomenon. Now, talking of another phenomenon to another county that sounds like Kerry, 
which is Derry. Oh, yes. Ben McCarran. Here we Talk go. Talk to us about Ben. A, a hat trick on his debut. I will be. When I saw this on the sheet, I tell you, my heart <laughs> jumps. So, Connor, you'll be aware, well, well aware of this uh, under 16 team that I famously talk about, the team never, that I used to coach. Ben McCarran, centre half forward, 2014 when we won it. He was under 14 at the time. But um, yeah, so I've coached him for years. When you say and, won it, what did you win? We won the Derry Championship, the under 16 oh, Championship, right. sorry. Um, brought this under 14 in, put him centre half forward. So, he's your club? Yeah, he's my club. Oh, um, right. He, uh, you take my, my old club, I should say. Uh, well, my home club. <laughs> he's always that's um, your always uh, your club now. Yeah, Come I on. know. Um, but like we've all transferred. He's been <laughs> never. <laughs> he's absolutely he's brilliant. Like you know, he's only eighteen. He's still in school. He would have been minor last year if it wasn't for the change of the rules. So right. when he got to the final, the All Ireland final in twenty seventeen, got beat by David Clifford. Um, he was under sixteen or under seventeen at the time. Right. Like so, so big fella, fast finisher, both feet. He's everything. Like yeah, so like we played him all half of forward. the above. Yeah, like so we played him half forward. He's a playmaker, like real smart, real selfless when he wants to be. But he can run with the ball. He's fast. He's strong. Like he's some like his third goal there against Fermanagh. He came off the bench. He only played fifty minutes and scored three one. He came back off again. <laughs> <laughs> and his third done. goal he gets tackled and he's fallen to the ground and he manages to lob the keeper while he's on the ground like you know so he's got like that Jack McCarron against Dublin last year was he always a forward or did you make him into oh. a forward <laughs> always a forward like, <laughs> loads of forwards up in Derry but, what um, was the best bit of advice you gave him <laughs> now like the one worry that I saw Damien McAleen the Derry manager talk after the game and he was like yeah great debut showed pace athleticism he'll be a serious asset to our under 20s this year right oh. and you're like what <laughs> this boy's come on and scored three goals for Derry we need all the help we can get but if he plays under 20s he can't play seniors so I don't know it was very worrying seeing yeah. that and it was, always so it was like Keen think. Johnson from Offaly who's obviously a brilliant player but had to sit out the under <laughs> yeah. like and play the under 20s and now he's back he'll be it's, senior this year it's like, what was the point in bringing him in for the Mechanic Cup because it doesn't matter what he did he's obviously, he couldn't, couldn't do any more scored three goals and yeah. it doesn't matter he's not going to be looked at yeah you, know? you wonder why play him then if that's yeah. the case is there any need well, maybe I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Sean McDermott's retired, lads. So he's played for us coming past seventeen years. So it shouldn't come as a shock to anybody that Sean McDermott has retired because I knew he was going to retire because you don't tweet things like this when you're not going to retire. So he thought Aidan O'Rourke was going to be the manager, and he tweeted, "When our county board, when are our county board going to wake up?" Plenty of people inside our own county well good enough for the job. Roscommon need an inside manager. Better for the whole progression of Roscommon football. So I'd say Sean kind of had it in his head he wasn't going, he wasn't yeah. going to play it all. Was that a dig at Kevin McSay as well? Uh, me, I don't know. I don't, I don't he's, know. he's in the game in Roscommon so maybe that is a bit different. Yeah, maybe not. But he did say that uh, Anthony Cunningham rang him. And I don't really agree with him on this. So he, Anthony Cunningham has a three-year plan. He, uh, Sean is 35 next summer. So he was like, you should be planning for three years ahead. I won't be there in three years. But like, I mean, the bit of experience he'd have might yeah. be great for one year. Yeah. Get that lift and then, you know, so I don't agree with that. You don't, just because a manager asks you in doesn't mean you have to be there for his whole yeah, tenure. Yeah. That, you know, it doesn't work like that. But maybe in his head, he had enough. But interestingly, Sean has played in every division in the National League. And I was trying to think how many, would this be a very unique kind of thing? And he went, I think what he did is very unique in that he went from four up to one. Now, Conan, you, you, I'll give you this glory because I wasn't thinking the other way around. So you obviously, I'm always thinking the other way around. So you obviously know there could be some Derry players, Leash players and Westmead players that have come from one yeah. down to four. Yeah. So they've played in all four. But can you think of one that's gone from four up other than our man Sean and no Common player? Uh, I don't think so Tipperary could be doing it next year if they get yeah. up there but I can't think of one that came right That's through no, the divisions Clare got close Cavan were never that far down were they they were never four oh, Cavan could have been four yeah Cavan I don't know maybe not anyways we can't start thinking <laughs> you, send us a tweet put it on Twitter if, yeah, can, just if, you can, if you can think of the answer to, the, to one that's come the whole way up from Monaghan come all the way up did they come from four I think they were three uh, I think they were lingering around in Division 3. Anyways, to finish up, before we get on to Seamus Kenny, because he's going to talk to us about these rules a little bit, um, this is the pressing news of the day, right? So this is an email we got from a PR company who ha- who's handling a launch of a Sigerson. Um It's the Sigerson Cup launch, isn't it? Fitzgibbon Fitz- Cup yeah. launch. Yeah. So there's six ambassadors 
Um, they are all inter-county ambassadors and uh, we've received an email from the PR company to say hope all is well just to let you know Brian Hogan has informed us that Tipperary management have told him he can't talk about Tipperary at tomorrow's Electric Ireland press event he will still be permitted to discuss UCD and the Fitzgibbon Cup and life in general <laughs> says he says the five other ambassadors are all fine to talk about everything including their county teams so like I mean I couldn't believe it when I heard this so Brian Hogan is going up now to do this and he's being told he can't speak about uh, Tipperary now Michael Ryan tried this for the last two years and it did not work out too well for him and I have a theory on why it didn't work out too well for him is basically you're telling your players that you're idiots that you're not capable of being a man and going up and answering a few questions and not being silly about what you say you're treating your players like fools and my take on this is that players are not like they were 20 years ago who followed dictators look at Mourinho Mourinho can't Mourinho's Mourinho's management style does not work now Mm. because the way he used to try and get the reaction out of players it doesn't work because criticising them they're like up yours no way they're different they're a different animal and youngsters teenagers and you see it in clubs like these lads will back chat you and they know what they're talking about and they've listened to podcasts and you know what they're really like you you don't win by dictating so go and telling one of your players who's not 18 you go up there but you're not allowed to talk about imagine the embarrassment he's sitting there in front of the other five and they're talking freely about, about and he says no well I'm not allowed that's schoolyard stuff, lads. Yeah. I can't believe Liam Sheedy. I, I, mean, I cannot believe Liam Sheedy, who I've heard on the Sunday game and who always talks sense, would go down this road because I think it's a huge mistake Michael Ryan made. Yeah. yeah. It's January it's as well. Like, yeah. you know, what's really going to be used at this time of the year? Yeah, and Sheedy in particular, as you said, being on the Sunday game and look at, say, you would have thought that coming back into inter-county management that he would be more open to kind of the media yeah look more at, of an look, understanding look of at being what Kevin McSay has done with Roscommon he was way open to the media like did the documentary and everything and had, like a, it hasn't nobody's been criticising Kevin McSay for that or it hasn't done Roscommon any harm yeah. so for Liam Sheedy behind that just when I saw that was very disappointing and it happened with Michael Ryan remember this, the Tipperary weren't like this when they won the All-Ireland Michael Ryan brought this really strict media policy in the year after and again I understood kind of why he did it because everyone was talking about Tipperary being the new Kilkenny and he was maybe afraid of this getting out of hand so like I thought that was okay for the league let's keep your heads down I don't want any media being done but to allow a lad go up to media and say you can't talk about this I think it's disrespectful it's treating a player like a fool like a child and this will come back like if I don't know what kind of character Brian Hogan is but I can imagine if it was one of the leaders in the team going back into the team going Jesus I went up there wasn't even allowed to ask everyone that's stupid lads and next minute some other lad says yeah Yeah. it is kind of next minute the next mistake the manager make that becomes a bigger mistake then because this was already stupid (laughs) yeah don't you know how things like this can get out of hand and how if the wrong lad is told he can't do something I.e. me (laughs) you can get you can easily fester throughout a a team but anyways we'll leave it there because we've done enough I'm going to leave you with this thing before Seamus Kenny it's uh, me questioning Michael Ryan about a media bank Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't let Jamie talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. <laughs> Alright, so we talked a lot at the start of the show about the three hand pass rule and how it's causing so much problems for players and managers and to talk a little bit more about it playing rules committee member and former meat footballer Seamus Kenny joins us on the line now How's it going Seamus? All good, Colin, yeah, thanks And you must be keeping the head down this weather Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, There's a a few scuds knocking around about the the rules alright, so yeah, just trying to keep in my own business The more I think about it, what were you thinking? You retired in 2014 you won your first ever county title with Simonstown, won it again the year after, 16-17 and now you're taking all this shit for new rules, what were you thinking? A glutton for punishment. <laughs> maybe maybe I was just looking for an excuse to get out of the house as well. But uh, I know I look at something that GM hugely vested in it. I have massive interest in it, both both 
within my professional life and uh, and outside of my sporting life. So look, when I was asked to get involved, it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, how did you end up getting asked to come on it? I'm just wondering that when the number flashes up on my phone, I'll know to let it ring out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I suppose how it came about was... Um, I would have got to know John Horan through uh, when he was chairman of Leinster Council there and uh, when he became president he, he gave me a call to see if I'd like to get involved in it and so then you get a phone call like that of course you're of course you want to help out in any way you can so look I was I, was, I suppose in one way it was an honour to get the phone call Yeah because obviously you're an ex-inter-county player you're also a Mead Operations Manager um, as well kind of you're overseeing all the underage uh, structures in Mead football at the moment I might actually talk to you a little bit about that um, at the end if we have time Yep but uh, like I mean there, there is a criticism of the committee uh, Seamus in that Brian Cuthbert and yourself are the only two obvious kind of inter-county football men yeah, look, I suppose uh, there was going to be criticism no matter what because it's very difficult to, to please everyone. But, uh, yeah, look, Brian, Brian obviously would have uh, would have played and managed uh, Cork. Uh, I was probably still playing or still am playing and would have played inter-county myself. David Collins, who uh, is also on the on the panel, would have, he was a former former Galway inter-county hurler but would have played a bit of football as well. So I suppose let's say, people might have looked at, looked at the committee and felt that are they really in tune with uh, modern day modern day uh, play and and all the rest? Uh, but I, I would feel there was a good balance in the committee because look, the other members would have had a huge amount of experience both on the committee previously and interpretation of rules and how they're applied. Because that was one of the things maybe I wasn't conscious of uh, when I got onto the committee originally was how rules would have to be amended to maybe to suit to suit what we were trying to achieve. Right, okay, the kind of technical issues that might arise. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and so, like, say for this three hand pass rule, just as a matter of interest, yourself and Brian, would you have been pro this or how much debating? Would you have been voted down on this? Because you, you and uh, Brian, for example, might have been against the three hand pass rule and it still could have gone through. Uh, there was look. There was a lot of debate on a lot of the rules, to be honest, and there was a lot of other rules that we would have looked at. Um, I suppose if we if we were to put forward all the rules that we would have looked at, you, you could have been up on ten, but like that would have been would not have been practical in in, in our first year on the committee. Yeah. Um, but we looked at we looked at different. I suppose we looked at the international rules where there was the restriction on six hand passes. Um, we looked at a lot of the evidence that was supplied to us by Rob Carroll and, and how the hand passing had increased dramatically in the last seven years, seven to eight years. It's uh, it's gone up nearly a hundred hundred hand passes again. Um, but like yeah, of course there, there, there was debate in it. Uh, there's no point. There's no point saying otherwise. Uh, one of the so it was one of the, the key key debates around the rule was that it would have an impact on the team that was attacking for goals and would limit opportunities. So. Once we trashed it out, like we, we just felt that, look, obviously the hand pass has, it's 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 been prevalent in in all the games. Um, so it, the other, I, I suppose it, you, you couldn't really you couldn't really have a limit on a hand pass in a certain area and not in, in another. It would just be too hard to officiate. Yeah, like one big criticism about the hand pass is obviously you mentioned it. It like the good forward play. Now, there is a stat that said back in 2011, nine out of 10 hand pass sequences ended after three hand passes. So I think managers' heads are so ingrained in how the game is now that they can't go back to, you know, that it's not actually that big of a deal. If It's a mindset change. But what, like, I mean, it, it, it is difficult to know when you see managers coming out like Declan Bonner saying, we've actually done nothing um, about the fourth hand pass in training we haven't even mentioned it to be honest you know and Peter Keane said something similar we've more than enough to be worrying uh, we've more than enough to be worrying about than the intricacies of a rule change that won't be in play for the championship that must be really disappointing considering how much effort you put into it that inter-county managers are dismissing this like they're not even paying attention to it yeah like it Look, I suppose there, there is a certain amount of frustration, uh, a certain amount of frustration with that. Look, we would have, well, I would have expected it anyway. Anytime there's a change, you're going to have, you're going to have different levels of, of either acceptance or, or not with it. But um, yeah, I, I, I suppose the, the anomaly in all of this is that if the rules and the rules are true, like they're not going to be there for championships. So I, I can see the frustration from the intercounty manager's point of view. But yeah, I think. Because there is teething problems straight away, that they're denouncing the the rule, and I think nearly underhanded, it's it's a way of influencing it. 
And are you, do you feel under pressure to, to drop it? I know there's another meeting with the, with the GPA after these pre-season tournaments, obviously before the league. Like, I mean, is there pressure? Like, I, I was reading all the manager comments and it was only Limerick manager uh, Billy Lee who had anything positive to say about the hand pass. Uh, look, uh, as a committee, like we're actually not meeting again until April. I know there there is a meeting set up between the Ultron and uh, the GPA at the end of the these pre-season competitions. So to be honest, I'm not really sure what's going to come from that. Um, but uh, like we will, like these are the rules that we've put forward, and I, I don't think we can really sort of stand back and, and take them back now. I think we would, as a committee, would lose face if that was the case. Okay, so you're going to continue on that this has to be trialled during the league. Because another thing that we spoke about earlier is that it's obviously impossible if it's dropped now and then throughout the league. I even think the league isn't long enough for managers to get their heads around. Because you know inter-county managers, Seamus, as well as I do, they all follow the leaders. So they just need an example of this being done well. And then next year they'll all do it. But without any yeah, yeah. De- without any decent sample size of it happening, or a televised game, for example, where Jim Gavin uses it to great effect, and suddenly then they're all copying it. Like I mean, without that, without it being shown on a big televised game where the copycat managers can see how it's done properly, sure, it's a, it's a, it's dead in the water, right? Yeah, well, you're just coming back on your on your on the, sort of the, the question beforehand. Like we we've put these proposals forward. It's not for us to kind of rescind them now at this stage. Yeah, Kush Bonesty have put them forward. So, like, I suppose our job is kind of done. Um, we can't really kind of pull back on any of them. But I suppose getting back to then your next point, um, I, I do think, and I, I can, I can have sympathy for for players and managers that it's just like. In experimentation, it should be over a year, but like the league is of such great importance that managers do not want to do not want to use it for experimenting. Like uh, for about seventy percent of the counties out there, it's probably the most important competition they're going to play in. Yeah. Um, so like I can I can understand I can understand the frustration, but I do think there's there's a lot of negativity for negativity's sake. Like if give the rules a chance, so that I'm sure I'm sure. Players players are so well conditioned. They play conditioning games the whole time. Like there's a lot of restriction putting them in those games. So they're, like they're well they're well attuned to having a limit on hand passes and and using the foot more more often. So I, I think I think the players the players will be well able to adapt to it. The, the, well, this is the problem that under defensive systems the the restriction on the hand pass is very difficult. But I've been trying to argue on the podcast that teams are going to have to completely change the way they set up because of these new rules. Now, I don't think managers are ready to rip up the script, you know, that they've had for two or three years or the systems they've had. And this is where we're caught the problem that it probably would take a year or two to evolve to the point where they realise, Jesus, this is not this defensive system is not working. Like it took us six years to figure out how to break down defensive systems you know what I mean now having to break them back up isn't going to it probably isn't going to even work throughout one one national league no no, look that's that's a fair point Uh, I think I think like there's there's so much there's so much effort goes into goes into kind of uh, setting up systems at the inter-county level uh, specifically that it, it does. It's it, it's not. It's not over the course of maybe one or two months, as you said. It's a two, three, four-year process. So, for managers now to, I suppose, as you said, rip up the script. Like, I, I can see, I can see why they're becoming frustrated with it. But I, I would argue that the rules that that we have put in place, or that we've looked to put in place, are, are, are ones that could actually help attacking teams that if they start looking at it differently like there's, there's different outlets there that they can start using that they may not have have thought of previously like especially with the with the mark and uh, and the limit on the on the hand pass it'll get the players looking to maybe kick the ball more often than they had previously yeah no exactly why did you move the mark out as a matter of interest that's one thing I disagreed with why why did you bring it out to the 40 45 or what did much discussion go into that it, it did actually. It was I suppose it was one of the rules that, uh, um, like we had we had the mark from the kicker, and one of the fears was that we were trying not to obviously uh, bastardise the game, uh, for want of a better phrase. But when we, when we trialled this, um, it was actually it, it was difficult for the referee to actually judge 
where the ball had been kicked, kicked from and where it had been caught. If it was caught inside the 20 and it, it happened it happened twice in one of the trial games that right. but, you know, referee just, called, yeah. called for Mark and he actually wasn't he wasn't in the wasn't in the zone where but he should have been. Uh, just just on that though, mark. yeah, just on that, there are natural lines to guide you there, 45 and 20, whereas now there aren't mm. natural. It's actually, for me, if that's the issue, that issue becomes yeah. much more difficult. Yeah, so again, and I think this is, it's probably been lost a wee bit in all this, that if the rules go through that they're applicable at all levels. So it's all right where inter-county games are being played in the best of venues, but in other venues where there's not clear uh, lineation of of, of, uh, of pitch markings and that, like that, that's going to be that's going to be difficult for a referee to, to decide. Um, and that, that was one of the reasons that was a bit of feedback from the referees that they just found it, found it difficult to make that that judgment call. Um, yeah, but that, that's so the, that's the confusing thing. But now they have to make the judgment call anyway. So, like, I mean, you're, mm. that that issue has not been resolved by moving it out. No, uh, again, it was it, like it was it was still a rule that we wanted we wanted to keep in uh, was to reward was to reward uh, the kick into the ball and and the clean catch inside. Uh, but it just it was made it was made difficult by by the fact that there was just difficulty in. Uh, ascertaining whether the, the catch was made inside the 20 or not. Right, okay. So, like, I mean, it just just another thing I wanted to get your thoughts on was, like, the GPA, who are opposing, they've, they've opposed the three hand pass rule, 96% of members um, oppose that one, right? And they're opposing the sideline one as well. Um, and I might just talk to you quickly about the sideline one in a second. But, like, I mean, I'm a big players man, and I'm sure you are as well. Like, I mean, we're ex-players. You know how, how, how much of a commitment it is and how hard it is and all that kind of stuff. But is it wise to be asking players about playing rules? Because players are going to vote based on what's the easiest kind of thing. Like, if I was playing the game now and I was so used to playing this way for the last six years, I wouldn't want to rip up the script and start again. Players don't like that kind of change. I, I often remember like when different managers would say, let's play a game, no solo, no hop. Sure, everyone would be pissed off because it's been your natural game has been kind of messed about and you don't really enjoy this game as much. Yeah, yeah. I, well, look, I suppose that, that was that was one of the one of the steps in the process was to engage with with the different stakeholders and uh, like intercounty managers uh, were consulted, uh, the intercounty players were consulted, county boards were consulted, and uh, their views were sought. And um, I suppose yeah, ninety six ninety six percent is obviously it's a it's a huge majority um, that voted that voted that way. Um, I, I do think yeah, I, I suppose. Come back to what you said. I would be. I would be very much a, a player's man. Uh, I think they should. They should have some say in it. Uh, but I, 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 I don't know. Like I, I wonder was was there a huge amount of thought put into actually what what the rule was was there for, or was it just a case of reading something and then okay, now we're voting against this straight away without actually seeing it in practice. Yeah. And like I mean, if you were to just think back to 2011, where it's not you're not changing the game too much from what it was like then. It's just I think the seven years has corrupted everybody's everybody's minds. Just give us an example for if if say I'm not sure how this works. So John Horan's going to fight this with against the GPA. That's more of the meeting that's going on. You've put your rules up there, and that's the way it is. But can the sideline work? The forward sideline work if the hand pass restriction doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if I'm thinking the hand pass restriction will force teams to play less defensively, but if as the game is now without that, having to kick a, a sideline forward while a team has a load of men back behind the ball, it doesn't seem fair on the attacking team. Yeah, uh, again, I suppose what you're what we're trying to create there again, there was, there was probably different nuances to to that type of rule, like possibly looked at uh, not playing it back to the goalkeeper um, uh, as part of it as well or the, but yeah. it, was, it was pretty much pretty much that you, trying to trying to promote uh, a ball being played forward at, at all opportunities and uh, a ball being played forward creates I suppose it creates a contest contest creates a bit of excitement and that that nearly unknown uh, and I think I think Gaelic football would become the game has become somewhat sterile in in the fact that it's very much a possession based game and it's you're waiting you're waiting for to create a space or an opportunity and like there's there's so much possession and like i i think i think it's been driven by stats as well and 
ultimately players are afraid to make mistakes so like they're obviously going to take the the, the, the the simpler option which is which is a hand pass instead of trying to maybe expose the team by, by using a foot pass Yeah so this is being reviewed now after pre-season so who's reviewing it then or who's measuring how successful it was? Um, I, I, I'll be honest uh, I'm, I'm not really sure I think it's, it's going to be just a discussion between um, the Upron and uh, the representatives from the GPA um, as I said earlier, we are not due to meet again as a committee until April. Um, like we'll be constantly reviewing the games over the national league, and um, we have we have, will be taking whatever whatever notes on on the rules and the viewing of the rules and and that back back with us to April. But in terms of what's coming up uh, in two weeks' time, I'm not really sure. All right, so this seem, meeting seems to, to be just, uh, you know, just uh, that's an internal issue with the GA and the GPA. As far as everybody's concerned, these are happening in the league and the likes of Declan Bonner and Peter Keane and these fellas need to actually wake up and realise that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless something, something dramatic happens at that, that meeting on the 19th. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it does. It, like, look, from our point of view, the rules are in for the National League and that's where we'll get a great understanding of whether they're going to be successful or not. Yeah, okay. Just to finish up here, I obviously mentioned your operations manager in Mead. Um, so you're controlling all the games development officers and everything. Um, is your biggest challenge trying to stop the blight of Dublin jerseys being worn around Mead? How do we be correct on this one? Um, I know, look, I, the, 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 like Mead obviously has... has uh, has has um, had a huge population increase over the last ten years, and with that, there's, there would obviously be a lot of people who have who have moved from Dublin into into the kind of commuter belt towns there. And yeah. um, look, I, I, I don't I don't see that as, as a challenge. I think I think look, Meads are at the moment we've we've invested heavily in our underage structures. We've invested heavily in in our games development staff, and we've a lot of really good people there working. Uh, working kind of both on the volunteer basis and in a professional basis and I think I think in the next couple of years we will see we will see a reward for that um, we've won the last two Leinster under 17s and I think I think we hope to have the nucleus of a good under 20 team on the from, from those two teams so look I think I think Mead will, will, will start kind of being a lot more competitive than we are currently yeah, that'd be brilliant and Kildare pretty good too so we might get a Leinster Championship um, back again. Kamira, I might get you on again and talk a little bit more about that um, that underage uh, you know, uh, structures in Mead and stuff like that and maybe yeah. you might get out there and ha- have other counties uh, give them some food for thought. Yep, brilliant. Seamus, thanks very much for taking the call. Found. Okay, talk to you Alright, great stuff from Seamus there. Right, that's all we have time for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday um, with a podcast again. We're getting close enough to the league starting but we'll stick with Wednesdays until that happens. Talk to you then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going so it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. 